2: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios.
3: And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings to you. Thanks for coming along. Monday. I'm here. And uh, that's that's good. That's good. This kind of reminds me of what happened a little earlier today. I found myself, much to my surprise in in many ways, in the McDonald's drive-thru.
4: What?
3: You ever do that? How are we sounding here? We sound kind of a little funky, do we? It sounds a little weird. Yeah, but uh, we,
4: well, that doesn't accidentally happen. Well, it
3: kind of did. I was trying to avoid um, the police. Uh, are you? I was trying to avoid um, a traffic an jam, old friend. A traffic jam, and so I, I made a right into, and there was some police activity involving an ambulance and. Um, uh, any number of uh, things, so I, I thought. Well, I'll just cut through the line here and and, and make a little U turn. But then I found myself in the McDonald's drive-through, and the and I just, well, "What the heck? I'm already here. I'm already here." So I pulled up and I said, "You know, just give me a like a cheeseburger. I get real simple. Give me a cheeseburger and a small fries." And the lady was very kind, and she was like, "Well, we have a special today and a double cheeseburger and a fries. Yada yada." Before you know it, I,
4: you I, had a double cheeseburger, I had a double
3: cheeseburger, fries, and a in a medium Coke. What? Mm-hmm. And felt good about it. And I ate it in the car while I was still in said traffic jam. Mm-hmm.
4: Wow, that's yeah, impressive. Very much so. Can you hear me? Uh, kind
3: of. We're okay. kind of suffering some little audio. Um, okay, I wondered. It's a Monday morning or Monday afternoon blog. Okay,
4: right? looks like we're having some, sm- some small issue with yeah, my, my microphone. Anyway, or uh, maybe I was gone for a couple of days and you were like, listen, the show is so improved well, with her no, off.
3: No, no, no. I was worried about you because I know you were dizzy.
4: I. T- yeah, thanks. You you uh, according to listeners expressed so much sympathy for me that you played music to mock my disability. I didn't
3: mock. We didn't mock. We, no, we were we never co- mock. No, 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 we were kind. Mo- we were supportive, right?
4: Yeah, I, one of our uh, one of our friends. It was speaking to me yesterday about it. He said it's one of my favorite things about you and John. He said, "Well, one of you are down about something, the other one just piles on." He said, "I think it's a sign of a healthy relationship." Sure.
3: <laughs> We don't take it too too personal, do we? Right. right. So no, no.
4: I felt I felt good about it. So you were playing a song on my yeah. You know yeah, the song? Had, you had, you this song? Do you have the song? Uh, Dizzy. Um, you know you don't know that song. I've never. I've not, I don't never. I have no i do not think I've ever heard that never song. Never
3: heard it. Oh, it, um, it's in there somewhere. If um, you if you're, if you're a
4: certain. I had. I was suffering vertigo. I still am suffering vertigo, but it's much less than it was. It is. Yes, much less.
3: Yeah. What does that entail when you say when you say you're suffering? Uh, vertigo?
4: Well, it's hard to keep your head straight up. Mm-hmm. It's not good to walk. Mm-hmm. You can't bend over. You can't look back.
3: You're pretty much in a, in a what position? Are you uh,
4: lying down? Like this, just sitting straight up, not moving your head <laughs> <laughs> for as long as you possibly can. No, that's not. That's, not that's what good. it's like. All right, so we can. So my mic is good, so I should just go ahead no, with this. Not really. Okay, because I can't really. I can't hear Maybe myself. Remember to the you know, That's all right. To everybody else. Okay, great. Right. All right. Because I do seem to have four news stories that are.
3: All right, but no here dizzy. Here the taking. We'll no. get that later. Oh, you want here? Wait, here's dizzy. I, I, I remember there was a long. Uh, that was my. Uh,
4: I've never heard this. It
3: goes. You haven't. Oh, it's it's a
5: Dizzy.
4: Who was that? Tommy Rowe. Tommy Rowe? I love Tommy. Don't you, Chris? Tommy Rowe. I love Tommy. What
3: year? 68?
4: 69. 69. Wow. Okay. I was just born. That's why there I didn't go. know it.
3: So you know, you're dizzy then? Nanny and Pap and...
4: didn't have the right songs on for me.
3: <laughs> Maybe they did.
4: <laughs> That's the problem.
3: All right. Without further ado, uh, the top four at four, please.
4: For Monday, August 1st, people, did you believe it? Can you? It's August 1st.
3: Way too fast. Number one. Slow it down.
4: Ukraine dispatched its first grain shipment since the start of Russia's invasion today. The ship departed the Odessa port carrying 26,000 metric tons of corn headed for Tripoli, Lebanon, and is expected to arrive in Istanbul tomorrow and then continue on its course. This shipment, of course, the first test for the deal that was reached last month to allow you—there we go—to allow Ukraine, one of the world's largest grain exporters, to begin shipping some 18 million metric tons that Russia's invasion has trapped in the country. Now, here's the thing: you think, "Oh, well, at least that's over." Well, for all of us who know what the supply chain is like, we realize it will take months to clear the backlog of grain, and so by the end of the year, it looks like the Department of Agriculture is predicting Ukraine will. Export only half the tonnage of the season before. So, better half than none. But you're right, better half than none. Number two, a mysterious daguerreotype of a woman and a pair of jeans, possibly made by Levi Strauss himself. Are among nearly one thousand gold rush era treasures recovered from the fabled ship of gold, and for the first time, they are on display. What these items were extracted from the sunken SS Central America. Okay, they were extracted from the boat between the late eighties mm-hmm. and twenty fourteen, but they have been in secret storage Come ever on. since. And oh. just today, they have been unveiled. Secret storage. Yeah. Okay, it's not like storage wars. It's, but it's it's much better than that. Among the notable recovered items are the lid to the oldest known Wells Fargo treasure shipment box, clothing from 1857, including a pair of the earliest known Gold Rush era canvas work pants with a button fly that were made by Levi Strauss himself in the early years of his business. How do they know that? Can Wait, you believe that? Was this underwater mm-hmm. all the time? Yeah, so and the not ship ruined? rank... Uh, Shipwreck sank 7,200 feet in the Atlantic during a hurricane in 1857 on a voyage from Panama to New York carrying, are you ready, tons of California gold rush coins, ingots, and gold dust from San Francisco in the Northern California era. Uh, area of the 578 passengers and crew members 425 died but which is horrible but the loss of all that gold was a major factor in the economically devastating financial panic of 1857 here in our country Mm -hmm. and there's also a scandal that goes along with it which i'll tell you about in a little bit number three Cleveland Browns quarterback, Deshaun Watson, has been suspended for a pitiful six games for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. Suspension is without pay, but keep in mind, more than two dozen women filed civil lawsuits accusing him of sexual misconduct. I think that's an embarrassment to the NFL. It doesn't make any sense. It's an absolute embarrassment. Number four. I got a weird animal story for oh, you. Oh, bring it. If you closed your eyes and imagined a butterfly, most of us would probably imagine a monarch butterfly. But news comes today that the species is in trouble and has just been added today to the red list of threatened species and categorized as endangered for the very first time. That's two steps from extinct in the wild. How about that? What can you do? You, John, can do something about it. Because if everyone reading this article in today's AP or listening to my voice planted one milkweed plant, the benefit to the monarch butterfly would be palpable. Because it's the only thing they eat, and it's where the adult butterflies lay their eggs. Really? And that is your top four.
3: At four. A milkweed mm-hmm. plant. I,
4: I... Yeah, but you have to be careful, John. And you should contact Doug Oster about this. Oh. Because not all milkweed is the same. There's an invas- invasive species called tropical milkweed, mm. which will end up doing more harm than good. But if you planted well, a milkweed, yeah. you would be doing... No, it's just more more That's angst it. on top of angst. Right, so now it's more uh, it's upsetting for you to even talk about well,
3: it. Well, you know, the butterflies, the monarchs are disappearing. That's very anxious, right? Now, oh, we can save them by planting a plant, but don't plant the wrong plant. There's a lot, a
4: lot of... <laughs> I mean, I didn't mean to add another, like, load to the burden you bear. I was more
3: interested in the uh, button-up fly on the Levi Okay, listen, you
4: want to hear about the scandal? Please. Okay, Tommy Thompson is the deep-sea explorer who found the shipwreck, mm. okay, in the late 80s. Oh, he's like But Mr. He's, he's been in federal prison. Mm. Do you know this story? Yes. He's been in federal oh. prison for six years because he refuses to answer questions about- He's
3: got this mother load somewhere. Right,
4: 500 gold coins, mm-hmm. which is valued at about $2.5 million. Yeah. He says they were turned over to a trust in Belize. He's been ordered to appear in court to talk about where the coins are. So he sits but in jail. He fled to Florida. He f- Anyway, he's just not talking and he's sitting in jail.
3: <laughs> Whatever.
4: People. Yeah. The button fly. You said you hate a button fly? Oh, I do. I love a button I fly. do. No. Button my favorite. No, that's the word. Button my favorite, and I owe it to Levi Strauss. If you're
3: in a hurry, let's go. No. Okay. That thing slows you down tremendously. All right. Speaking of being slowed down, we're going to jettison soon to the White House. First guest every Monday is Greg Clugston. He is live at the White House, going to give us an update on the goings-on in and around the nation's capital and across this great country of ours. Stick around. We are Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's Word Word FM.
6: One point
7: five Plan now to join Word FM Tuesday, August 16th aboard the Gateway Clippers Empress for another fabulous dinner cruise. From 6.30 to 9, relax in the company of fellow believers as you enjoy a fantastic dinner buffet, music, and stunning views of the city skyline. The Ride Homes John and Kathy will be your cruise directors for this amazing night, sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. Don't miss the boat. Last year's
3: event completely sold out. Reserve now at WordFM.com slash Dinner Cruise. My Pillows having their biggest sheet sale of the year. Hey, this is John Hall. You've all helped build MyPillow into this amazing company. And now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. The Percale bedsheet set is available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're all on sale. For example, the queen size is regularly priced at $89.98, but is now only $39.98 with our listener promo code. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale sheets are breathable, have a cool, crisp feel. These come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use the promo code WORD.
5: For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com.
0: Ready to unite with believers across the country to bring hope and meals to hungry families? Thursday, August 11th, 7 p.m. Eastern, be a part of Food for the Poor's free virtual We Are One national event. Featuring the music of five-time GMA Devil Award winner, Natalie Grant. This will be an evening filled with hope, unity, inspiration, and celebration as we unite to release 10 million meals. Register for this free live stream today by texting One." 1 to That's we are and the number 1 to 51555.
2: A beautiful day here at All About Golf in Butler where 14-year-old Jimmy and his dad are on the executive 9-hole course.
7: He's been practicing all year at All About Golf's driving range featuring Top Tracer technology. Is that a Ping G425 driver dad just pulled out of their Ping Hoofer golf bag? <laughs> yes, and Jimmy's set of new hybrids was chosen with the help of All About Golf's Ping certified club fitter at the Pro Shop. That's up and down for par at all about golf in butler practice learn play at all when it comes to your child's education do you feel like you have a partner in your current school or is it more like you're on your own as you look ahead to next year now's a perfect time to consider a quality christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family Many of our area's finest Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Champion Christian School and Champion PA. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions.
3: If it's Monday at 4.17-ish, it must mean Greg Clarkson is with us live from the White House. Greg Clarkson is the SRN White House correspondent, Salem Radio News. Greg, welcome back. Happy Monday to you. Thank you so much. Happy Monday, John. Happy Monday. How are you? Very good. We can't complain. We don't have COVID.
4: That's right, Uh which sets us apart in, well, not the only way, many, many ways from the president. Um, Tell us about the president's condition, um, his second, uh, I was going to say close call, I don't know how close it was, but his second uh, call with COVID. How how has that gone? How is the president?
8: Yeah, he's back in isolation, Kathy. We uh, we learned on Saturday afternoon that Saturday morning, the president tested uh, positive for COVID, mm. and that was the second time, of course, that happened. It was just three or so days earlier, I think last Wednesday, that he came out of isolation from his uh, his first bout with the coronavirus. Uh, he came out, they got staffers out in the Rose Garden, and they were uh, clapping and uh, proving him, returning to office, right. and then he you know, walked into the Oval Office and... And went back to work, although he, he, he remained working in isolation when he was at the White House residence. And that's essentially what he's doing again now. Since Saturday noon time or so, he has been in the White House residence and hasn't left there isolating. Uh, he has tested positive Saturday, Sunday, and today. And so he has to stay there until he's obviously testing negative.
4: So and what so is. Talk about what uh, physicians at the White House are saying. Does that mean that he got it twice, or does that mean that it's just it a residual away. infection that never went away?
8: Yeah, they're 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 describing this as the rebound, and we're hearing the rebound, uh, especially among uh, people who take that antiviral drug Paxlovid, mm, okay. and that's what the president took. He mm. took that for a five day regimen, um, starting last or the previous week. Um, Went through that just fine. And there were a lot of questions at the briefings, for example, during that initial isolation about uh, what happens or does he run the risk of of getting rebound cases. And so essentially what the rebound is, is that uh, in a certain percentage, and it's a low percentage, according to officials, it could be under 10 percent, for example, of those who take Paxlovid, that uh, after recovering and testing negative for COVID, after having had it, uh, then it, within a few days or a week or so, you can redevelop symptoms and start to test positive again, and huh. that apparently is what has happened with the president.
3: Okay. Have you had it, Greg?
8: I did. I had it at the end of May, and uh, it knocked me hard for two or three days, did and it? then uh, had bronchitis after that. So mm, it was really, kind of a,
4: yeah, yeah. So when you think about getting it again, you think, don't no, even. No, thanks.
8: Right. Well, I did not. Um, it, I had the opportunity to take an antiviral. I declined. I was concerned about getting the rebound, and um, thankfully, I have not had the rebound.
3: So weird. All right, let's, uh, let's move forward and talk about Nancy Pelosi. Uh, she's out uh, trotting the globe, and uh, the, apparently the Chinese are upset because uh, she may be visiting Taiwan. Right.
8: What is so interesting is her office, after several days of this talk, has still not confirmed that she's going is going to travel there. Uh, It Mm -hmm. seems to be sort of the worst kept secret. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And and part of it is, I I think, um, a determination not to uh, to anger the Chinese government any more than they already are. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so the White House took a lot of questions on this today. And, you know, it's interesting. The White House is saying, look, there is no change in U.S. policy toward Taiwan. Toward China, toward the what they call the One China policy, mm-hmm. uh, the U.S. doesn't want to get in, in into the dispute as to you know who has control over which, going back a number of years between uh, these territories. Obviously, China feels like it has all the control over Taiwan, and Taiwan has always stressed uh, an independence streak as well. Um, so it's it is a, a touchy foreign policy issue for the United States, but the White House is assuring Beijing. There is no change in have if if the speaker Pelosi does stop for a visit. There's no change in policy, and it's no different from past visits by U.S. lawmakers, including past uh, U.S. House speakers, which has happened in, in recent years. And New so Kingrich. the White House is trying to. Calm the waters here.
3: So it's been a while though, right? I mean uh it's yeah. a big deal because you know our presence is there. We're having you know diplomatic talks, so to speak, whether it means anything or amounts anything.
4: A, yeah, but it's a recognition right. that Taiwan matters independently, and that's what the Chinese government doesn't Come want. It,
8: yeah, that's it that all of that is true, you guys. And obviously uh Beijing sees it as provocative that the US would be doing that. And the US says it shouldn't be viewed as provocative. So that's that's the divide between the two, the two capital cities here in terms of uh, that layout, and so uh, any time a House Speaker, and of course she's high in the line of succession, you know, following the vice president, um, so obviously she's traveling on a U.S. military plane. Air Force jet, and so uh, you know she she brings the stamp of the United States when she travels. Sure, and obviously there are contingency plans anytime she
3: travels, especially overseas and especially in that part of the world. Right, but you know what's what's provocative though is the Chinese buying you know how many acres and acres of uh, U.S. farmland, but people don't talk about that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the Chinese are like, "Yeah, that's just how it is." Sure. Very selective mm-hmm.
8: uh, in that case. You're right. And it, this is an issue that's not it doesn't go down party lines. There are a lot of Republicans, for example, uh, that strongly support uh, wanting to uh, recognize Taiwan without angering China. And so there are any, are any number of Republicans uh, in the Congress and the current Congress who don't have a problem with the House speaker visiting. Uh, so it's it's one of those issues that unlike so many that we talk about here on Mondays, doesn't have the, uh, the fault lines going down between the two political parties. Mm.
4: Greg, what about the story? I believe it broke last week. I kind of forgot about it until just now uh, about the Chinese uh, buying a, or operating a botanical garden in Washington, D.C. and listening to recordings and communications from the Department of Defense. Do you know anything about that? You
8: know, I, I've just I've seen the headlines on that, and to be honest, I have not dug yep. into that one yet. Um, but that that is out there, and there are – <laughs> anytime you hear about you know eavesdropping and secret Jeez. recordings and things, it usually uh, uh, brings a lot of uh, attention to a story. It just like
4: seems that. like the botanical garden should be a neutral space. Well, the Chinese, you know the Chinese I mean? are everywhere, That's though, just, aren't they? It's, taste, it's tasteless, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> using the plants for such a task. Mm. Um, Greg Clexton well, with it, his SRN <laughs> so News White House correspondent. You were saying –
8: I was just going to say, hopefully, uh, it doesn't affect, you know, like the cherry blossom season in the spring mm. here. You know, hopefully, you know, hopefully they wouldn't be next. Yeah. But,
4: <laughs> let me tell you, they would probably wilt just knowing how, how difficult it is between the two nations. Um, <laughs> I can't think of another thing Nancy Pelosi's done that's garnered bipartisan support, like her stopping in Taiwan. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing but Mitch McConnell is like, she should go. Ben Sasse, uh senator, Republican senator, was like, she should definitely go. So, you know, perhaps she might be riding the wave of, uh, of red and blue.
3: It's a small wave.
8: Well, on this, you're right. On this issue, uh, she does have the backing of the, of those and other Republican members of Congress. Uh, but probably the, the the list of items that she can win GOP, GOP approval on uh, is still pretty very short mm-hmm. at this point.
3: So, Greg, uh, let's talk about our, our neighbors to the south. Uh, Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia. Uh, surprise, surprise. Everybody thought he was a Republican, but he really is a Democrat.
8: <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about him for over a year. You know, he's he's really been a thorn in the side of not just the president and the White House, but Democrats, fellow Democrats on Capitol Hill, and uh, he he has he's essentially put up roadblock after roadblock and essentially torpedoing uh, highly sought after Democratic White House wanted uh, legislation. Uh, you name it on on climate and social justice and healthcare, uh, education. And you remember early in the in the in Joe Biden's presidency, his administration, they wa- they were they had ideas of spending over three trillion dollars on all of these massive packages, and Mansion at almost every step of the way said no, and that was really frustrating to uh, members of his party. And then it seemed as if this build back better plan was essentially dead. And then last week he announced with Chuck Schumer, the Democratic Senate leader, that, yep, they uh, they've come to a deal. Now, it's a it's a much it's still it's still a big um, piece of legislation. It's seven hundred and thirty seven or thirty nine billion dollars dollars. Uh, but it's, uh, it's a far cry from the, you know, the three to four trillion dollars that they yeah. were wanting. Uh, but it did catch Republicans off guard and it's still, still not a done deal yet. Uh, Senator Cinema of Arizona has not white in, and of course we know that's a fifty-fifty mm-hmm. Senate, and the Democrats need all fifty votes on there, along with the VP, to cast the tie-breaking vote.
4: And when do you think that tie-breaking vote would happen, or when will uh, will Cinema make a, a declaration about it?
8: Yeah, well, yeah, nobody nobody really knows the timetable regarding Cinema and whether she will, you know, if and when she'll publicly, you know, voice any support for this. She was not a part of those you know background secret negotiations mm. between mansion and cinema mansion was on the tv sunday talk shows yesterday and was asked about cinema and he said i hope that she's on she would be on board with this meaning that she was not a party to their negotiations interesting <laughs> So that's still a wild card there. The Senate is still in session. There could be a vote later this week, even slipping in the next week before the Senate takes its August recess. Interesting.
3: So Greg Kath and I were talking about this a little earlier. You know, the the legacy of the senators from West Virginia. I mean, West Virginia, a very small state. But, you know, whether it's Robert Byrd, who spent 51 years in the Senate and now Joe Manchin, it's outsized the influence Mm -hmm. they have in the United States. And of course, that's always been the difference between
8: the Senate and the House. That's why there are just a hundred members in the Senate, and you've got five hundred plus in in the House of Representatives, or four hundred in, in the plus for a total of over five hundred total in the Congress. But it's 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 just a different way. It's a different chamber. There are different rules. And you're right. You've got two senators for every state, no matter how small or how big that state is. And so that's what makes the Senate a unique. And it can be very frustrating at times, obviously, even for those uh, leaders who are in power. of course, the Democrats, uh, they, they technically have the power because they've got the White House. But it's a 50-50 split, and it's made it very difficult uh, sledding here for the first year and a half of the Biden administration. Hmm.
4: Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Um Let's just talk at the end here before we get, of course, to that, you know, tributary that I'll take you down. Um, former President Trump hosting the first uh, golf tournament on U.S. soil for the uh, Saudi Banked Live Golf Tour. Um, it, what are the reverberations around Capitol Hill about that, Greg, if any?
8: Yeah, I um I certainly have followed uh you know reading that story um and the outcry there are any number of uh families still you know connected you know the 911 families have been very vocal for example yeah. about not doing business or, or, or showing any sort of financial support Good. uh for the Saudi government or Saudi organizations uh because of of 911 and on down the list in terms of human rights conditions and uh you know policies that the the Saudis have espoused for a number of years now um and any number of lawmakers have spoken out on it, but it hasn't been um it hasn't been necessarily a rallying cry issue on Capitol Hill this summer certainly a lot of members are aware of this It's interesting of course because the tournament uh in the u s this past weekend took place at uh, a donald trump golf property uh just outside New York City in new jersey and uh he was downplaying uh donald the former president was downplaying. Uh, whether or not the Saudis were really involved or had any uh, involvement in the 9-11 attacks. And so uh, he was trying to downplay that, and that uh, did receive some criticism.
4: Hmm. All right. uh, So let's take a trip down memory lane as we exit, uh, Greg. Uh, Today may or may not be George Jetson's birthday. Um, so a little confusion for those people who were committed to the, uh, Jetsons franchise. Just about, you know, the, the Jetsons when they premiered in what year?
3: 63.
4: We're supposed to be living 100 years in the future, so that would have been 2063. But at some point in the, uh, Jetsons, you know, story development, George did admit to being 40 years old. Right. Yeah. And so people today are saying, "Should we be celebrating George Jetson? Is this uh, you know a day of honor for such a man?" And so I ask you, were you committed to the Jetsons, and how do you feel about this perhaps being his special day?
8: Well, if it is i uh if it, if this is the day, I do want to send along my, uh, my greetings yeah, absolutely yeah, nice. i I did watch the jetsons i it wasn't it wasn't maybe in my top five mm-hmm. of, of shows growing up or whatever, but okay. i i did did love it and of course, thinking now. You know, hundred years what they what they thought maybe what we're doing. I mean, here we are on on a zoom and doing all yep. kinds of things, right. although we're not quite zipping around in,
3: in space saucers just no. yet.
4: And we have Roombas, but we don't have who was the maid?
3: Uh Rosie. Rosie, yeah. No, no robots. Yeah, it hasn't quite a kind of, but well, yeah. no apron, which no, is
4: no. disappointing. And Rosie was endearing. <laughs> yes.
3: But the Jetson's one of those, you know, cultural sort of uh mainstays for people of a certain <laughs>
4: I like this. It wasn't top five. I, that top that five. was. I mean, I was a little hurtful how you kind of is there a top five pushed it uh, down? Is there a top like
8: a number well, one? Yeah, now that now that I've said there was a top five, I I have to come up with the yeah, top five, yeah. and I'm not sure that I can on the spot. Yeah, I, don't don't take it personally, no. Kathy. No,
4: no, no. That's <laughs> okay. That's okay. I mean, I'll, I'll <laughs> get rude. past it. But maybe next week you can come commit to the top five the top to paper five. and we can talk okay, about right, it. Right, okay, that's good. I'm,
8: and I didn't just as I, I didn't take it personally that you haven't been to Taco Bell, so we,
4: we have right. to live
3: together here. <laughs> right. mm-hmm, that's good. the
4: thing about friendship is you just have to, you know, ignore those little slates.
3: Right, very good. That's right. <laughs> Always a pleasure, <laughs> thank Greg. Thank you, Greg. Thanks for stopping by. Enjoyed it, thanks. Yes, thank you. Live from the White House, Greg Clarkston. Taco Bell and the Jetsons. You hear it here first, big time <laughs> radio. Be back in a few minutes. What are we talking about?
4: I don't know. I don't know. what to <laughs> like- Oh this is bad. (laughs) Some
9: Our little brother says the word Dodo Word forty times a day. Should we be saying that word on Word FM? (laughs) You started it. Okay. So here we are with Uncle Ryan with three reasons why you'd be a tweet tweet if you bought a home this year and didn't use us at United Faith
10: Mortgage. The biggest reason is our direct lender advantage. We use our own money.
9: And there's no middleman, which means...
10: We can often get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money.
9: We also pay $1,000 of your closing costs on all new home purchases.
10: And just as important to me as saving listeners money is the super service part. Our small team is specifically committed to WordFM. You will not get to a closing and find anything hidden. It's a partnership all the way around.
9: So, don't via, uh, and we're done. We are United, United Faith Mortgage.
11: Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melbourne, New York. And I'm number 1330. That's the lady Department of Banking
1: and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. and a travel cover, all for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to Harry's.com and enter 3390 at checkout. That's Harry's.com, code 3390. Enjoy!
12: Need new blinds or shades? Blindster.com offers custom-made blind shades and shutters shipped directly to you at prices less than big-box retailers. Blindster blinds are easy to install and guaranteed to fit. And right now, save 45% off
6: any order. Just use code RADIO at checkout. Blindster.com. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. At WordFM.com. The WordFM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey.
13: Partly cloudy tonight. It'll be humid with a thunderstorm. We'll see a nighttime low of 68. Clouds breaking for some sunshine tomorrow with a thunderstorm in spots of the morning, then becoming less humid. We'll reach a high tomorrow of 80. Clear skies tomorrow night with a low of 62. Mostly sunny Wednesday. We'll reach a high Wednesday of 88. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon.
3: Saw so something on the web today. There's a website called sendamessagetospace.com. So they say this, that uh, you can send a message to space, your best friend's birthday, your wedding announcement, the birth of a child. Commemorate and immortalize these sacred and special moments by sending a message to space where it will travel for millions of years. Say hello to the universe. You can craft your message, send it using our unique technology. A parabolic radio transmitter will then send your message into space. There's no limit to the distance your message can travel. It will hurdle at the speed of light through space for eternity. You'll be emailed a certificate to confirm your message has been sent 10 pounds per message.
4: Okay, what kind of message?
3: <laughs> you know, the thing is, you write the message out. Like, they have, like, a little form. mm mm-hmm. um, they don't have a like uh, like a character limit. Is it a tweet, 160 characters? Is it a 30 second ramble? They don't tell you how long. What it is.
4: What if the some of the messages they receive are like an embarrassment to humanity? Is there like a governing board that says, you know what, we're not we're not sending that out to space. We're just we yeah. don't want people to know that.
3: Well, they say. Um, is my message private? We don't routinely look at messages. We definitely don't publish them. Your order will only be seen by us. But remember that you are sending a message into space. It's possible it might be detected at some point by someone other than us. Also, too. they're sort of covering all their bases because you can only you can send a message into space. They're also uh, you can um, plant. They'll plant a tree in your name too.
4: Well, on where? <laughs> it doesn't say. Yeah, on this planet or I guess, another.
3: I think. Guess so. A plant. They're going to plant a tree. It sounds like a scam. Yeah, I don't think.
4: Um, Christy, what about if, like, I send a message to you, but I send it out into space? Uh, maybe, maybe one day.
10: Commemorate. I'll, something. I'll
4: hear it. That would be great. Or maybe someday you'll have like a, I don't know, an alien creature knock at your door and say, "We heard. Cassier. We heard about you." Cassier. It'd be that'd <laughs> be pretty cool. What do you think it would? How about yeah. just how about
3: a message in a bottle? That's a little more. A little more romantic.
4: Well, it's a little more conventional, that's yeah. for sure. I mean, you want to been... romanticize with the aliens? Is that what we're saying? I don't know. I... No, no. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know. I mean, I don't know why you'd have to go there, Christy. <laughs> no, no. I just. Right.
3: I'm not saying I'm dating the aliens. That's
4: what it almost
5: sounded like. You no, said no, no. It's no, more it's, romantic. It's
3: romantic in that, you know, you're writing something, pencil and paper. Right. You're putting it inside a bottle it has some a memorabilia
5: cork, to throwing it. Rolling it in it the ocean.
3: Right.
4: Which is a little better than filling out a silly form on the internet. And Which may or send. may not even work. I
3: mean, ten pounds. So it's like what seven fifty, eight bucks, whatever that is. Ten pounds is today. I don't
4: know. I'm not doing that. No, Some people are like sending out like their social security number, like all their personal information.
3: Do you think the Better Business Bureau will be on something gonna... like this? They have to. I'm back telling this you. Up?
4: regulation is coming. 101.5
6: W.O.R.D. I won! I won!
7: Yes! (laughs) And we want you to win, too. So sign up to receive our contests and sweepstakes update. Each Friday, you can see new opportunities to win. We regularly give out prizes from books, music, and merchandise to household items, even vacation trips or car payments. Stay up on all the fun. Subscribe to our contests and sweepstakes update mailed each Friday. Sign up today at word
11: Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1-800-940-6161. That's 1-800-940-6161. Or go to Selectquote.com. That's 1-800-940-6161. Select Quote. We shop, you save full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials
5: it's been a while since i gave myself a real chance to meet someone new
7: susan and john are two kindred spirits who rediscovered the romance they deserve on silver
4: singles the secure dating site for singles over 50 john is a massive
5: foodie like me it's been amazing to experience some of my favorite things again with someone who makes my heart beat faster I'm so glad I got back out there.
7: Sign up today at silversingles.com slash meet. That's silversingles.com slash meet. Studies show decades of increased taxpayer spending per student has failed to improve educational performance. Can't we do better? Pittsburgh's Christian schools say we can. Right now, local Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Rayma Christian School in Moon. If you're looking for a safe environment for kids to learn where character matters and academic excellence is served by highly qualified teachers, consider Christian education. Visit wordfm.com slash tuitions. Our biblical beliefs
13: about marriage, human sexuality, and gender are increasingly countercultural. In fact, our views are often considered offensive and infringing on personal freedom. Sometimes this makes Christians look like the bad guys. How should we respond? Request your copy of the book Being the Bad Guys,
3: available today at truthforlife.org. Well, that's timely, isn't it? Carl Truman's back with us. Carl's a regular guest on our show from the Department of Biblical and Religious Studies at Grove City College. He is the author of a new book called The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and The Road to Sexual Revolution. Here today to talk to us about the myth of the modern self. Carl, welcome back. How are you?
14: i'm doing very well john thanks for having me back always a Seems pleasure to be a long time
3: yes thank you it has been a while but you know you've been traveling it's been the summertime so it's good to have a little downtime as well yes
4: oh absolutely absolutely Excellent. did you go somewhere fun carl uh, i've been well i've just come back from
14: napa valley which oh. is uh, tremendous fun of course
4: i bet it is fabulous oh what a yeah, lovely yeah. peaceful mm-hmm. place mm-hmm.
14: yes yes did you enjoy I did. I did. We were staying at a wine resort at a, a, a conference, and mm. it was very, very
4: pleasant. That was good. Very, very pleasant. That's the perfect way to describe yeah. Napa. It's just very, very pleasant. Why are
3: there always conferences at wine resorts? <laughs> <you>? <laughs> Carl's not going to the
4: conference that's like at the Days Inn, right, right at the entrance to the parkway, is he? Right.
3: He's no fool, Carl.
4: Exactly. He's
14: very wise He's man. under the cross in Napa Valley,
3: Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Very good.
4: All right, Carl, um, we've seen the anger that has been displayed since the Dobbs decision came down, yep. and it has been, you know, it, it's been what we expected. Um, so whether it's social media or it's actual, you know, your evening news, your weekend cable shows or whatever you see on the Internet, um, uh, people are very, very angry. I would. I In your article, though, for First Things called The Myth of the Modern Self, um, one thing that really hit me, which I had not thought of, and I've done a ton of reading about Dobbs, and I just never thought about it in the way you posited, which is the anger is directed at the fact that we can't control our bodies.
9: Yes. So, yeah, ta- so
4: think... talk about that, because some control over our bodies is essential. I mean, it's, that's why we protect people from crime, right? That's why we you know, are, are concerned about justice issues in the world. But talk about when you feel like that goes too far.
14: Yeah, well, I think it's important to make a distinction here. There's, there's a question of what we might call control over bodies, which I would say comports with nature, if you like. Mm-hmm. So if, uh, if a child is born with, with a cleft palate, uh, having surgery to repair the cleft palate is, uh, an attempt, if you like, to bring the child's body into line with nature. When you look at something like abortion, though, abortion is not attempting to, to enhance or bring the body into line with nature. What abortion is doing is attempting to fight against nature, trying to fight against, uh, the purpose, if you like, of, of the female human body. So I think there's a, there's a difference between, uh maybe control's the wrong word. The difference between using technology to uh help us work in the direction of nature and human ends and using technology to overcome those or to defeat them in some way.
3: Right, okay, so case in point, there was a symposium recently where, you know, proponents of uh, transgenderism were saying, well, you know, it's really okay if a young child uh, is going through puberty and wants to transition from a a female as she's been born to a male, so we can do a double mastectomy and cut off the, the young girl's breasts, because if she changes her mind, and this is an actual quote, she can always get breasts later.
14: Yeah, well, first of all, she can't get breasts later. If she has a double mastectomy, she will never be able to uh, suckle a child, Uh, even if the hormone treatment they're given her doesn't completely destroy her fertility, which is a very serious possibility. uh, Replacement breasts simply aren't real breasts. Secondly, of course, we could look at that deeper and say, you know, a lot of kids going through puberty are confused. Uh, And one of the arguments for using puberty blockers in in that is to hold off puberty so the child can, you know, make a decision for themselves, can come through this confusion themselves. Well, in actual fact, of course, hormones are nature's way of clearing up the confusion. (laughs) So, if you allow the child to go through puberty, ninety-five percent of kids who are confused about their gender uh, will find themselves very comfortable with the uh, their bodily sex. So again, it goes back to what I was talking about earlier: this idea that somehow nature is a problem that needs to be overcome. I would say no. Uh, nature is actually typically the process by which many of the problems we invent. Are ultimately
4: solved, mm-hmm. but there is a um, there are gray areas there. What informs that gray area is what I'm saying. So you were talking about the cleft palate surgery is something that yeah. that's bringing you know a sick child back into you know conformance uh, or conformity with nature. Um, but different people are going to look at different procedures differently. So what are the things that help our help us to deter, to make good choices in that sphere?
14: Yeah, well, here I think you go to, again, another of the roots of the problem is that one has to have a concept of what it is to be a human being, what it is to be in the transgender issue, what it is to be male and female. And I think this is where we you know, worldviews collide, if you like, because as say, as a Christian, we have an understanding of human beings made in the image of God. We have human uh, the conception of human beings as designed for certain ends and purposes, and therefore we... We can use technology, if you like, in the light of those ends and those purposes. If you don't have that understanding, if you don't see human beings as having an end that transcends themselves, if you see us simply, if you like, as uh, a lump of stuff attached to a will, then you don't have the kind of controls uh, that would allow you to discern which procedures are right and which are wrong, Procedures come down to the subjective will mm-hmm. of the individual at that point. And that's why a lot of doctors now, we, you know, they think of themselves as healthcare providers. Just think about that language. They're there to provide a service to the will that's attached to the lump of matter. They're not there to help you as a person flourish in the best way possible, connected to some transcendent view of what it means to be a human being. Mm-hmm.
3: So then as the patient, I can define the terms that I wish to be treated as because I know best.
14: Certainly, that's becoming the case on the transgender issue. I was chatting to a pediatrician about seven or eight months ago, and and I asked him, you know, if somebody comes into your office, even a child comes into your office and says, I'm a woman trapped in a man's body, is that the one medical condition where you have to accept the self-diagnosis of the patient. And he looked me straight in the eye and he said, yes. Mm. I thought that was a a chilling and stunning uh, admission.
4: Right, that is because, you know, several times I can think of... um I, and I, I really try not to do this because I realize that this is an offense to people who've actually gone through medical school, but you know you have a symptom, and so you end up doing WebMD, you know, Web right? And so you go into the doctor's office, and the first thing I always say is I just want you to know how sorry I am I'm bringing this up because yeah. I want you to know I value medical school and your background. Right. However, I did read this thing. Please tell me about it. Um, <laughs>
3: Those poor doctors. I know,
4: what the poor the, doctors. The dying of cancer, of course. Exactly. That's, exactly. Right. Right. All right. That's a mole. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there's just a lot of issues anyway so uh, it's a hard it's a hard time to be a person who's delivering any truth I guess is the yeah. best way for me yeah. to put it so if you're a physician and you're trying to deliver a truth that's science truly and I don't mean this in like just cultural jargon I mean actually science-based yeah. it's difficult when a patient comes in and says I want something different
14: yes yes and I think again that goes to another of the modern cultural pathologies, that uh, external authority is profoundly implausible to us for various yeah. reasons today. And again, it goes to the heart of that article on first things. All of these things, interestingly, track back to a notion that individuals are autonomous. And that really means that we know best for ourselves in all of these different areas of life. It's a fascinating time to be living in.
3: Yes. So the myth of the modern self, and Carl, you finish your essay by saying, ours is an age in which the myth is becoming an intentional lie.
14: Yeah, well, I think uh, the bottom line is we may like to think that we're autonomous, but ultimately we know we are not. And that's the experience of every single human being on the place of the planet. I'm in my mid-50s now. Uh, I'm just reaching that point where the annual medical is becoming a little more complicated than it was 10 years ago. And I'm aware that my body in the next 10, 15 years is going to start to to weaken and and give out. And I'm going to become dependent, increasingly dependent. Uh, I can kid myself that I'm autonomous. But when you think about every stage in our lives, we're never truly autonomous. We're always either dependent upon others or we have others dependent to some extent upon us. The problem is if you try to live your life as if you're autonomous, uh, you end up coming uh, a real cropper, falling flat on your face. Mm-hmm.
4: But then you talk about how – we, we all, that's the human condition, right, coming to terms with that, coming to terms with our mortality. Mortality is the human condition. Um, But there is something, there's an additional step that you write about, which is that force and intimidation can be exerted on you as a part of culture so that you have to go along with a myth that's being presented. So I I think that's where we go beyond human condition and could potentially be coming up against uh, an issue of great concern. Tell us about it.
14: Yes, I think we're, what we're seeing is the, the developing in, in the West is what my friend Rod Dreher refers to as kind of soft totalitarianism. Totalitarianism in, in the Eastern Bloc was very obvious. Uh, uh, the The Russians, the Soviets demanded that the people subscribe to certain things that most people knew weren't true. Over here, it's more subtle. Uh, but we're finding things like pronouns, for example, the requirement to, to use somebody's preferred pronoun. Somebody is obviously a man, but you're required to refer to them as a woman. Most of us know that's a lie. Most of us know that isn't true. And most of us know, though, that if we don't conform with that, we could lose our jobs. We could lose our businesses. We could end up in very serious trouble. And I think that kind of social pressure that's being brought to bear, not so much, I think, in the West by central government, but more by big corporations is becoming a significant issue at this particular point in time.
3: Right. And that's the truth, right? I mean, people's careers or their relationships can be marred by this. If you refuse to recognize someone sitting in front of you, you know, with their preferred pronouns, that becomes a deal, an issue for a lot of people.
14: Yes, because, you know, again, we live in a world where we've so identified ourselves with our ideas and beliefs that we've lost sight of a common transcendent notion of what it means to be human. And when we identify ourselves with our feelings or our beliefs, then when somebody comes along and contradicts those, we feel that we ourselves are being denied as people. Um, I'm glad I grew up at a time, I have a lot of friends who are not Christians, and it never intimidated me that, that they, they didn't believe as I did, because I didn't see it as a, a, a rejection of me as a person. But we have a rising generation for whom beliefs and identity and personhood are so closely tied so that a disagreement over a political or religious point is seen as a, a fundamental rejection of somebody as a person.
4: It really is a different way of looking at the world and at relationship. Carl, thanks for helping us to dig into it today. Look forward to our next time with you.
14: Thanks for having me on again. Our That's pleasure. Our
4: Dr. Carl Truman, uh, check out his book, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, if you're interested in these issues. Mm, Cultural is. Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Revolution.
3: Wouldn't it be nice if you had a good friend who could recommend a book all the time? We'll talk about that next.
8: If you
2: are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, watching your hard-earned dollars just flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option called MediShare 65+. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills and it really is a community. People encourage and pray for each other. And MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B. It fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. It's great for peace of mind. And you can use your Medicare-approved doctor and get prescription savings, dental and vision savings. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to... Find out why people rave about the customer service at metashare They're great to talk to on the phone. Here's the number. Call 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55.
3: 833-SHARE-55. The word around town is that Pittsburgh homeowners are choosing doing it right when it comes to their roofing, siding, and remodeling projects.
4: That's because since 1984, doing it right, roofing, siding, remodeling continues to set the bar through clear communication and an installation that's second to
3: Doing It Right employs only the most experienced professionals to install and oversee your project.
4: They'll stop at nothing to ensure your satisfaction doing business honestly, taking no money down and no payment until the job is complete.
3: Doing It Right will ensure that all work is installed to the industry's highest standards. Then, back it all up with their lifetime workmanship warranty.
4: As a prestigious, multi-award winning Owens Corning Platinum Contractor, as well as a VSI certified installation contractor, you can't go wrong with doing it right.
3: Mention John and Kathy for a discount off your estimate.
4: Call 724 New Roof for a free project evaluation or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com.
6: This radio commercial was made to convince you to stop speeding. We can't use siren sound effects on the radio, so we'll use other equally jarring sound effects to get your attention. Like telling you that whether you drive a little over the speed limit or a lot, you can crash just the same. You could hurt yourself or worse, others. I'm at the scene of the collision. And the damage you cause will be beyond repair. See, we didn't have to use crash or siren sounds after all. Speeding catches up with you. Brought to you by NHTSA.
3: As a veteran media sales professional, a six-figure income is within your reach. I'm Andrew Pawoski, General Sales Manager of Word FM. Here at Salem Media Pittsburgh, we offer highly experienced sales and marketing professionals like you all the support and tools necessary to reach your earning potential through custom on-air campaigns, unique events, and over 50 social media and digital products. To learn more about our open position, please email me at andrew at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media is an equal opportunity employer. You know, the netflix thing where you know you surprise yourself by show me something
4: yeah you, you, yeah it's can, that it's not netflix is it, or is it amazon it's netflix. show me something yeah
3: i think it's netflix okay well there's now a book thing it's uh very similar to that um it is called uh readmeabook.com so you go to this website readmeabook.com read the first page of the book they just oh, i thought a, it
4: was recommend me a book it's read me a book yeah read oh, me i'm a, sorry it's recommend okay okay <laughs> I'm just here to help. It is, thank you. Okay, uh-huh. it is
3: recommend me a book. Yeah, so you go to recommendmeabook dot com, and um, it's a really basic website. I mean, it's like as spare as spare as could be. On the f- front page is the first page of a book. Okay, and I they're saying it's a random book. Read the first page without judging the cover. If you're hooked, click the reveal button to find out more. And.
4: So you can read the first page. No, I can't hear myself. Of any again. number of books. So, so you can read a bit and decide if this is the book for you, right? Or you can decide I'm not interested in this. How much can the first page tell you? I think a lot. You think? Yeah. I don't know if it can tell you that much.
3: I think the first sentence tells you a lot. Well, the
4: first, I mean, it is a truth universally acknowledged. I mean, that's Jane yeah. Austen, <laughs> right? Exactly. A man in possession of a fortune must be in one of a wife.
3: See, there it is. You just fall
4: into. I it. did. I just off the top of my head.
3: So. First sentence in the beginning, first page. Yeah, uh, God I gonna... created that. In there. I mean, I think I'd give it a shot.
4: The fact that I quoted Pride and Prejudice first and then quoted Genesis, it probably doesn't speak well of No, me. it's fine. It's,
3: it's Jane Austen. It's... Anyway, recommend me a book.
6: 101.5 W O R D F M Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Lay the word, Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Town code, Eric.
0: From SRN News, I'm John Scott. Eastern Kentucky, where more than two dozen people are confirmed dead from last week's flooding, and many remain missing is getting more bad weather
4: rainfall rates of one to two inches per hour are possible governor andy beshear
12: next couple days are going to be hard we've got rain and maybe even a lot of rain that's going to hit the same
8: areas please pray for the people in these areas
10: meanwhile the recovery
4: continues as do the rescues the National Guard using helicopters and boats to rescue stranded people. General Daniel Hokanson.
6: But Our
12: air crews have done amazing work to get in there. In fact, they've rescued over 400 people by helicopter.
4: Besides so many destroyed homes, the floodwaters took out roads and bridges. I'm Julie Walker.
0: Stocks remain lower. The Dow is down 92 points. The Nasdaq off 34. This is SRN News.
15: If you were lied to when buying a timeshare and worn out, you need my help. Hi, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started the timeshare cancellation industry by exposing the ugly truth about timeshare and giving folks the straight facts. I've been fighting the timeshare giants ever since, so no one knows this industry better than me and my team today we have 383 employees and have saved our clients an average of sixty five thousand dollars in lifetime payments imagine putting those timeshare dollars back in your pocket if you were told in a timeshare presentation that this was available today and today only the timeshare was a great investment or your maintenance fees will never go up call my office now i guarantee if we take you as a client We will cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing.
11: Call now for your free information kit. 800-881-4242. 800-881-4242. 800-881-4242.
5: Going
6: to a jewelry store for the perfect custom engagement ring is so yesterday. At Mocking Company, your luxury concierge jeweler, your personal designer, awaits. Begin the conversation at MockingColdJewelry.com. Share ideas over social, email, or text. Get expert advice on metals and stones. Your exact 3D design will be ready within days. And the Monroeville team eager to begin your one-of-a-kind creation. Visit MockingColdJewelry.com and book your virtual appointment today.
11: Your
2: local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather and traffic you need and the music you love.
13: Partly cloudy tonight, it'll be humid with a thunderstorm. We'll see a nighttime low of 68. Clouds breaking for some sunshine tomorrow with a thunderstorm and spots of the morning. Then becoming less humid will reach a high tomorrow of 80. Clear skies tomorrow night with a low of 62. Mostly sunny Wednesday will reach a high Wednesday of 88. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon.
2: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem, Pittsburgh studios.
3: And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Elizabeth Johnson, as officially from last Thursday, is not a witch. Until last week, the Andover, Massachusetts woman who confessed to practicing witchcraft during the Salem witch trials was the only remaining person convicted during the trials whose name has not been cleared. Though she was sentenced to death in 1693, after she and more than 20 members of her extended family faced similar allegations, she was granted a reprieve and avoided the death sentence. The exoneration came on Thursday, 329 years after her conviction. Tucked inside a fifty three billion dollars state budget signed by Governor Charles Barker of Massachusetts, a product of a three year lobbying effort by a civics teacher and her eighth grade class, along with a state senator who helped champion the cause
4: really mm-hmm. okay, so tell us about this class so uh, or about the story, whatever you want to start with
3: The broad contours of this story is that um, this this woman who was exonerated. She was twenty-two years years old when she was accused. She may have had a mental disability. Uh, She was never married, never had children. There were some notes about her, apparently, some trial ledgers about her odd behavior, which were factors that could made her have made her a target. The governor of Massachusetts at the time uh, granted Miss Johnson a reprieve from death. She died in uh, 1747 at the age of 77. Uh, she was uh, unlike but she a- was
4: categorized a witch the whole time
3: yes mm-hmm. so it's really weird um the The effort to clear her was a dream project for an eighth grade class. Uh, Lavonne lepierre uh, allowed her to teach students about research methods the process by which a bill becomes a law, ways to contact state lawmakers. The project also taught students the value of persistence after an intensive letter-writing campaign to exonerate Ms. Johnson. uh, The students turned their efforts to lobbying the governor for a pardon. And so 172 people from Salem and surrounding towns, which included um, the town where this woman is from, North Andover, were accused of witchcraft in 1692. 172 wow. women. There was an inquisition by the puritans. Um and so the weird thing is if you if you said um I'm guilty then you were given a pardon.
4: Oh, but if you if you claimed you were innocent, they had already decided you were guilty. They would
3: kill you. Mhm. Wow. It's a really odd story. Um, Mass hysteria. uh, Groupthink. Groupthink, yeah. Um, All 19 people who were executed in Salem had pleaded not guilty, while not one of the 55 who confessed were executed. Isn't that crazy?
4: How many were put to death?
3: Um, 19 in Salem. 172 in the area were convicted. And uh, they're just talking about it now Then a smaller subset. Nineteen people were executed in Salem. Uh, They pleaded not guilty, while 55 said we are guilty, and they were given a pass. (laughs) So anyway, tucked inside the Massachusetts state budget bill because of some perseverance of an eighth-grade civics teacher and her students. Which was three years in the making. So these eighth graders are now. In eleventh grade. Graders,
4: yeah. I love that. But it's so cool that they were able to be part of a process to do that. So the current governor of Massachusetts weighs in and gives her an official pardon. Right.
3: Yeah. No known survivors. But there's plenty of documentation. There's been a lot of written about this. Of course, plays, movies, right, books. Right.
4: You know, so she's pardoned three hundred years later. Three hundred and sixty seven Six, right. some years. So how many So if you I wonder it said, okay, yes, I am a witch. Mm. You avoid being put to death, but what kind of social stigma did you have for the rest of your life?
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. That's a very good I question. I
4: wonder if that you know impacted your employment or your, your marriage. marriage or your- Everything. Where, you know,
3: it's that- to Small towns. It wasn't like you were moving away. Right. That just was with you the rest of your life. Mass hysteria is really what it is.
4: Wow. But that's an interesting story. Mm. Where, is that from today's New York Times? Yes, it is. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, we need to take a break. When we come back. Um, we're excited to talk to Rich Velotis. He's written a book that has gotten a lot of attention over the last uh, couple of months called Good and Beautiful and Kind Becoming Whole in a Fractured World. Rich Velotis, stay with us. He's coming up next.
6: 101.5 WORD.
13: You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I'm your
16: number one fan!
13: That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts, freebies. I'd like to win one of
11: these contests.
13: Become a member today. Go to WordFM.com slash fanclub and sign up. We're big fans.
12: Hi, I'm Todd Nettleton, and this is the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. In February, a Laotian Christian named Nin died, leaving behind his three children. These teenagers had already suffered the loss of their mother, grandmother, and sister in 2009, all of whom were believers. Nin's older brother blamed the family's belief in God for the deaths and offered to care for the orphans only if they rejected Christ all three teens refused saying they could never reject jesus angered by their decision the uncle has refused to care for them pray these teens remain firm in their faith and ask god to provide for their needs pray also the holy spirit will lead their uncle to christ i will not let my
14: brothers and sisters suffer in silence nor will i let them serve alone to join me in prayer for persecuted christians
5: They've helped qualify consumers with over a billion dollars in debt and are a rated with the Better Business Bureau. So don't wait. Get the relief you need during these hard economic times. For this free information, call the Accredited Debt Relief Hotline now. Call 800-786-2300. 800-786-2300. That's 800-786-2300.
7: Is your school a true partner in your child's education? They should be. Pittsburgh's Christian schools agree. If you're looking for a safe environment where kids can learn, challenge, and grow with highly qualified teachers who are not only caring but accessible, where academic excellence goes hand-in-hand with character development, consider Christian education. Right now, local Christian schools are offering half price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Pittsburgh Christian Academy in West Mifflin. Visit wordfm.com slash tuitions.
3: It feels as though our world is so angry that rage is never far from the public conversation. Or the, or the private conversation. I mean, it's just, it's just overwhelming. It's so immediate. It's so thick and so fast what what's happened to us as a culture as a world is this how we've always been and maybe just you know the the information age, the the, the lightning speed in which we travel has changed things in some way pastor rich velotis is with us he's got a brand new book out uh, good and beautiful and kind and here to talk to talk to us about that is rich and rich welcome to the show how you doing
16: hi john kathy so good i uh, so much for uh, having me it's a joy to be with you.
3: Thank you.
4: Yeah, we've heard so much about this book over the last couple months, Rich, and so we were happy to get it for ourselves. And we won't have enough time in this segment to get into the book in any way that would do it justice. I think what John's brought up is a good question. Are we worse now as people? Are we worse as a culture now as people than we were two decades back?
16: You know, it's an interesting question, and I know sociologists have had different uh, conclusions to that, but I do think there is something to say about the 24-7 uh, social media cycle that and cable news cycle that we find ourselves in today, where things uh, might have been exacerbated in the last uh, decade or so, because the gift of social media and of uh, all these things is everyone has access to to share what they think, and... The problem of that is that everyone has a chance to say what they think. And so I think because of that, uh, some of these problems have been exacerbated in in ways, but at the root of it, there's still something deeply wrong with humanity that needs to be addressed. And so uh, we have had this problem for a long time, but maybe we're seeing seeing it and we'd like this time because of social media and the the ubiquitous presence of uh, just everyone sharing what they want to share.
4: So, at the very beginning of, the, of your book, you talk about when Jesus was asked, you know, the, my translation, what really matters? What really matters? The first thing he mentions is love. Mm-hmm. Um, and you take that as a, um, and, and I don't mean to be flippant in saying that. I mean, that was his summation of the law and prophets, right? So yes. it, was, it was a very important question. Um, his, it, so love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Mm -hmm. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. What you said after that, though, I had never considered, which is the conclusion that you came to about sin based on what Jesus said about love. Tell us.
16: Yeah, here's the, the, the simplest way I can say it. If loving God and neighbor is the greatest commandment, Mm -hmm. then the greatest sin must be failure to love in that way. And the reason why I think that's so important is because when most people think about sin, they often think about breaking a rule, or not living up to a particular moral standard, or a personalized ethical code. Uh, But at the core of what Jesus says here is that To truly embody what God has called us to, it's rooted in love, love for God and love for neighbors. So my conclusion is, if that was what Jesus said, then the greatest sin must be failure to love. And the essence of sin is failure to love.
3: So, I mean, clearly, Rich, I mean, there you are, you look around the world and you think, yeah, we're all guilty, right? I mean, uh, what about this? What about this? We're, We're stolen from each other. We're pushed away into our own little camps. You know, it's politics or whatever, and it just feels ugly out there. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, what is the panacea for this? And especially, you know, the, there you are. I mean, we're here in Pittsburgh. You're in Brooklyn. I mean, our camps are dug in. It just feels mean. Mm-hmm. It just feels rough out there.
16: Yeah, you know, uh, when I think about that, uh, you know, the, the title of the book, Good and Beautiful and Kind, emerged out of a poem from uh, Langston Hughes. Mm-hmm. And Langston Hughes wrote a poem entitled Tired, uh, and I think many of us feel that. And he said, his poem goes like this. He says, I am so tired of waiting, aren't you, for the world to become good and beautiful and kind. Let us take a knife and cut the world in two and see what worms are eating at the rind. And what I love about that poem is that Hughes names the longings of our souls for goodness, for beauty, for kindness, And at the same time, I think he's perceptive in that to really live into those realities requires us to actually look beneath the surface of our lives and look beneath the surface of our society. And so when he says, let's take a knife and cut the world in two, he's not talking about further dividing the world into this camp or that camp. It's language of depth, subterranean life. How can we look beneath the of the surface of our lives, to identify what are the worms mm-hmm. that are actually eating away at the life that God has really called us to. And so there is no easy answer. The answer is simple, but it's not easy. It's us actually confronting ourselves with compassion and with honesty about the ways that we've allowed the worms to eat away at goodness, beauty, kindness, and ultimately at love.
4: So what's that process like, Rich? Uh, to do a, I mean, to do a self-assessment like that, first of all, mm-hmm. to, to do it perfectly is impossible because you can't see mm-hmm. yourself, um, in, in a full sense, but it's certainly not okay not to try. That's part of what, you know, it is to go through the sanctification procedure for a lot of people. It's part of a going right. through therapy. Um, it's part of being in a marriage or having a friend or being in a family unit or. Right. Praying, right, exactly, knowing God. Um, so talk about process.
16: You know, it's interesting. One of the first things that come to mind about the world we live in, and I think this is a deeply Christian practice and theological conviction, is that Christians must lead the way in confession, confession of sin. Okay. And this sounds so, uh, in many ways, countercultural, because the world certainly isn't doing this and yet the christians we have at our disposal the kind of resources that lead to actual transformation of our personal lives and our society as a whole and so for example with sin if sin is this pervasive and pernicious power that turns us inward to ourselves in a way that roots out love then christians should be the first to say there's something wrong and in some way in what i have done or what i have refused to do I'm complicit. Let me lead the way in confession. The world is better than the church in so many things. Uh, Better music, most likely, better speakers, all that. But if there's one thing that the church should be, hands down, better than the world at, it's in confession of sin. And I think as the church models brokenness, humility, Mm -hmm. confession of sin, I actually think it's in that space where the validity of our faith and the, the the witness of our world actually becomes quite attractive because the world is actually longing for people who are humble, who are broken, who recognize we're no better than anyone else, but we're going to lead the way in naming that reality before us. And so without being too simplistic, there's so much other work we need to do, but I do believe it begins by confession of sin. Yeah,
3: and, and there is so much other work to do, right? I mean, and, and Rich, just the day-to-day, I mean, you know, of what it is to be alive to be you know a human being i've told this story before and you know i think if anybody's driving a car you you show in many ways your true self as a driver i just i believe that that's true right you do you show your impatience you show your anger you show your kindness you know you show all those things and i had a friend who for years had a jesus fish on his car but he was such an angry Ugly driver that instead of him changing his attitudes, he took the Jesus fish off of his car. (laughs)
4: i mean it's good i mean it's you know i mean i mean part of it that's good
3: i get it right i mean and nothing challenges you more than the immediacy and the ugliness of being on the roadway at the same time i need to confess my sins right and but there it is there's there's humanity in a nutshell i mean i am a prayer um i i i see myself for for who i am at the same time when i'm on the road i can be an idiot too so uh, we're all in the same boat here together
16: we, we truly are, and, and, and thank God for Jesus, and for grace, and for mercy. Uh, but I think that is the invitation, John. We, we are invited to a kind of compassionate self-confrontation with ourselves to live in reality. And I think that's part of it. I, I, I think Christians uh, are to live in reality of ourselves. I, there's only one place where God doesn't dwell, and that's illusion. <laughs> God dwells yeah. in reality. Yeah. And the degree to which we live in reality with ourselves is the degree to which we can really find ourselves in God's presence. Mm-hmm. And in God's presence, that's where transformation, that's where healing, that's where conversion takes place, that's where lives are transformed. But I, I think living in reality by way of recognizing my own brokenness and the ways that I'm contributing to the fractured nature of the world is a place where we must begin.
3: Okay, great. So then... Then define that, then open that up for us a little bit. People in their cars, you're upset. What is compassionate self-confrontation? What do the nuts and bolts look like that on a daily basis? What is, how does that engage? How do you engage that?
16: You know, one of the ways that I think about this is in my reactions to things. Uh, there's lots of revelation to be found in our reactions. And I think if we took the time to, to, to do an inventory, maybe a reaction inventory, that when I find myself disproportionately responding to something, and I might catch it, you know, uh, at the end of the day, when I maybe look upon my day and think, oh, that was not the best response to it. What a wonderful opportunity to engage in sincere, compassionate self-confrontation. And this is what I, this is, uh, actually, there's a five-question reaction inventory that I teach at our congregation that whenever anxiety or anger or grief, rage, surfaces. I, I, I try to ask five simple questions, and here they are. What happened? What am I feeling? What's the message I'm telling myself? What's the gospel say? And what's the counter-instinctual act that's required of me? Mm-hmm. And so I'll give, I'll give you an example. Okay. I remember I was on social media, and someone who I respected, a nationally known leader, sent me a direct message on social media with a message of correction they, uh, this was maybe four years ago or so and rich i think you could have said this a different way and i was so offended and so angry and so just uh triggered by their own very kind but pushback and my first response was you know uh i'm gonna let me just unfollow this person on social media and yeah. block this person for the rest of my life and uh, instead because i had been doing this reaction inventory I thought to myself, what happened? Well, a nationally known leader, I respect, corrected me. What am I feeling? Shame. What's the message I'm telling myself? Well, I will never be the kind of pastor, writer, Christian that I want to be. What's the gospel say? Jesus only uses weak and broken people. And what's the counter-instinctual act that's required of me? In my case, it was externalizing that shame, externalizing Mm -hmm my response with my wife or with a trusted friend, but I think it's those kind of questions that we need to engage in sincere confrontation, not in a way that leads to greater shame, but in a way that leads to a greater awareness of where I fail and where I need God's grace, and you know what? I'm human just like everyone else, and so that's just one way that I think we can approach uh, ourselves in that kind of compassionate self confrontation.
4: Yeah, that's really good. That's, I think... Healthy and so needed, but is really difficult, especially Mm -hmm. in today's culture when you retreat, you retreat behind, not you, we retreat behind our social media profile or behind our (laughs) denomination or behind our. Whoever, um, because we don't want to just come face to face with somebody who has, you know, confronted us about something. Okay, let me. But we confront ourselves we about can, it. The reactionary well, self. I don't know if we. I don't know if. Well, if self, we, we should confront ourselves. At the end of the day,
3: the, uh, Rich, what you're saying is exegesis, right? I mean, exegesis.
16: Yes, 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 and I think ultimately what we need may the body of Christ be that for one another. Mm-hmm. May we create cultures in which it is safe enough and we normalize that we must engage in this kind of self-examination, this kind of compassionate self-confrontation. We need cultures, entire churches that are oriented around this. Kathy, to your point, it's so difficult because we often don't have church cultures that are marked by this, uh, which is why this is such an area of spiritual formation for us.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, first off, the book is called Good and Beautiful and Kind, Becoming Whole in a Fractured World. Mm -hmm. Highly recommended. Uh, We're talking to author Rich Velotis. Rich, about, I don't know, it was maybe 13 years ago when John and I were starting this show, um, we had a guest on who was uh, Orthodox, uh, Frederica Matthews Green, who we've gotten to know well, but at that point didn't know her at all. We love her. And she started talking about the Jesus Prayer. And I, the Jesus prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, okay, Um, based on the prayer of the uh, tax collector in the Gospels. Very orthodox. So so that prayer, Frederica shared with us, is something that she has prayed by rote. Probably tens of millions of times in her life. In but the she, middle of the night, nursing she, her right. children. Yeah, but. she she does it. She'll she'll pray 100 at a time, or she'll pray 50 mm-hmm. at a time, or 200 at a time. Well, to, Rich, the reason I'm telling you this story is that when I heard this, being steeped in the Reformed tradition that I have been steeped in my whole life, I thought, that's crazy. You did. I, of course. I was like, get out of here see i, I loved mean, it right well, away so john grew up catholic rich okay so yeah. it definitely appealed to his background That's me. to me it was anathema it was mindless it was caught co- co- you know it had no context it had no nothing it had no point so but you know guest on the show have to be polite have to pay attention so i did both of those things and then i read her book on the jesus prayer and i was mm-hmm. like well okay so this is kind of persuasive But it did not persuade me until I started doing it. Mm
9: -hmm.
4: And once I started praying the Jesus prayer, something fundamental changed in my life. It truly, and I'm not, for people listening, it's not magic. It wasn't some kind of incantation. It's not why something fundamentally changed in my life. But praying those words mm-hmm. gave me a sense of humility that I had not well, had Because you know before. what? It's,
3: it's what Rich is saying. It's compassion. It's self-concentration. It is.
4: It is. And, uh, that's mm-hmm. why, and that's why I brought up the story is because I think that's a perfect example of it. So Rich, I have told mm-hmm. you that story. What's your reaction?
16: Well, I I love it, and, and actually, in good and beautiful and kind, that what the Jesus prayer is actually one of the prayers that I right. uh, invite people to pray. Right, That's why I brought it up. I, 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 I think prayer, I mean, opens us up uh, to God's presence, God's aware, awareness of God, and really an invitation to follow the way of Jesus. And so to pray, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, what it does, number one, I think, is it positions us to actually have our relationships marked by something of Jesus' life much more than it is usually. And so when we recognize I'm coming into every conversation, which is why tomorrow, Kathy and John, I have a conversation with someone. It's not going to be the easiest conversation with a congregate in our church. And I have to go into that conversation praying the Jesus prayer. Mm-hmm. Because I can go in arrogant. I can go in with pride. I can go in trying to not listen to the other person. I can go in not recognizing that I have blind spots as well, and this person might need to show me some blind spots. I need to pray that prayer so that I can go in with humility. And that's what, you know, I talk about humility being a a way of life in which there is nothing to protect, nothing to possess, nothing to prove, that our lives are marked by poverty of spirit. Mm -hmm. That is the Jesus prayer at its core. It is, my life is marked by poverty of spirit, My life is oriented around God and God's grace and God's forgiveness, and that's what's going to form me to be a faithful follower of Jesus, especially in a world that's fractured and contentious and polarizing. Mm
3: -hmm. I hear you say, Rich, surrender, surrender, surrender. I mean, (laughs) left to our own devices, we're just train wrecks.
16: We really are. (laughs) Exactly right. That is exactly right.
4: Well, Rich, as, you know, I brought up the Jesus prayer knowing that you had, uh, written about it and thought about it. There is so much more in the book that we could talk about in practical sense, also in just the general theory of how you're, how you're looking at the world. Um, but, you know, I want to thank you for putting this together. Our time's up already. We'd love to have you come back and maybe get into some more particulars. Um, I'll give you some more embarrassing examples from my past (laughs) about how I misjudged things. Um,
3: and we'll send you a Jesus fish. (laughs) rich thanks a lot
16: i love it thanks for
4: having
3: me our pleasure that's
4: rich Velotas. check out his new book good and beautiful and kind becoming whole in a fractured world fabulous
3: take a quick break the daily feature does this make sense that's next
9: What if you went from 10 years old to 25 years old in just a few years? Okay, Miss Creepy. Like from Let's Play Dolls to I can't believe the stock market today. Or like triple mac and cheese, please. To I'd like to triple double kale salad with beets, please. Uncle Ryan says the value of people's homes have jumped like 15 years worth. Lickety split. Uncle Ryan said lickety split?
10: Most of our homes have made a decade or two type jump in value. Pretty much liquidity split like never before. Usually, people move homes when they gain that much value. But that's not happening either because of how expensive homes are. Which is why cash-out refinances are a triple mac and cheese hot thing right now. Cashing out that newly spiked value to use for home updates, paying off debt, or just life. If you'd like to see your options, you'll never get any pressure from us at United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York.
3: number 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. Despite what the world will tell you. All of us, we living and breathing creatures of God, we were all made with a purpose. Now, you know this, if you've been to college, how pivotal those years were for you.
4: To establish who we turned out to be.
3: Yes. So I would think that someone who is a believer in Jesus Christ, you want to go to a university that points you in the direction to your divine purpose in life. Mm -hmm. And might I say, the place to go Is Grove City College
4: one of the issues about social media today? Is it tends to uh, I don't know put us in a place where we're always comparing ourselves to one another, right? We're we're, and we're always looking to be better looking, or we're looking to be smarter, or wealthier, or have better clothes, or a better boyfriend, or a better whatever it is. Yes, Um, and our purpose gets completely lost, and we become purposeless. And we can fall into anxiety or depression or whatever it is. And we need strong and solid people around us and teachers who can point us in the right direction. I think that's another thing so essential about Grove City is you want to put your child in a community that's going to encourage them to develop their identity in Christ and not in all the comparison that's all around us all the time.
3: Summer's here. If you're planning ahead, look at Grove City College. GCC.edu. Grove City College.
6: Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM.com.
5: Pittsburgh. There are a ton of social networking websites, but one stands apart for a very special reason. This one saves lives. It's MatchingDonors.com. MatchingDonors.com links organ donors with people in need of kidney and other transplants. In the U.S., 22 people die each day waiting for an organ transplant, most of them for kidneys. If you've ever considered becoming a living organ donor or if you are someone in need of an organ transplant, visit MatchingDonors.com, home of the greatest gift of all, the gift of life. Visit MatchingDonors.com or call 601-402-9138. Partly cloudy tonight, it'll be
13: humid with a thunderstorm. We'll see a nighttime low of 68. Clouds breaking for some sunshine tomorrow with a thunderstorm in spots in the morning. Then becoming less humid will reach a high tomorrow of 80. Clear skies tomorrow night with a low of 62. Mostly sunny Wednesday will reach a high Wednesday of 88. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. <music>
4: Does this make sense?
3: Does what make sense?
4: A frozen mallow cup.
3: I've never had one.
4: Me neither. Well,
3: I'd say it makes good sense. <gasps> Do you think it does? Yeah, yeah.
4: So, I freeze peppermint patties. Yeah. Uh, I've frozen snicker bars. Well, right in front and of you. the frozen zero bar is, was, this is what I did when I was a kid. Is yeah. The frozen zero bar is the height of frozen candy bars. Mm. It's so delicious no. frozen. And really not that good at room temperature. Frozen Milky Way. Okay. Also good. But not until yesterday mm. when I was kind of roaming around my kitchen. Yeah. Did, mm-hmm. did it pop into my head, the idea. Of freezing one. Of freezing a mallow cup. And I've done it. Is it at home? It's at home.
3: And this evening? Yeah. Bring it.
4: So does that make sense it makes
3: perfect sense do
4: you think is it uh, yeah. gonna be nope. super hard is it yeah, of course is, it's is frozen. It, is it going to become taffy like though like I have to br- I'm gonna break my teeth with it
3: I don't know I look forward to it uh, I think but it's it doesn't grand- bo- that
4: the thought doesn't bother no, you no, you don't 100%. feel put
3: off by it you know I love a mallow cup. I
4: know but we- that's never been done before I'm I, mean, I don't know if in humanity it's right. never been done I mean <laughs>
3: Join us tomorrow. It's never been done before.
4: I'm like I'm like a candy Magellan. Oh, right, <laughs> she's like Thomas Edison. I mean, it's never been done
3: before. Isn't Kathy what? amazing. I like to present the Pulitzer to Kathy Evans. It's never been done before. Whoa. holy boy! It's a so, Nobel Peace Prize for Kathy Evans. The frozen mallow cup makes perfect sense. Who knew? I don't know.
4: Okay. I'm just saying. Excellent. Let's put it in its proper context. All right. No, that's good. It's not that important, but I think, you know, I'll, I'll report. But to me, right. John, I feel like it makes sense. <laughs> I mean,
3: to me, this is the ultimate. Does this make sense? Okay. Mine's, I got nothing. Uh, does this make sense? <laughs> this is nothing. Bluetooth headphones. <laughs> <laughs> got, after all, the Mallow thing, know, who freaking cares? So, yeah. Okay. So I've never owned a pair. Yeah. I bought a pair. Oh, okay. Like cheapy. Like cheapy.
4: Air, not AirPods. No. Okay. My
3: kids are buying, you know. Two hundred bucks or whatever you're spending for those things. Right, not two hundred. What are that, they? Yeah,
4: I think mine were like ninety
3: nine. Ninety nine bucks? I don't know.
4: Maybe. I, I mean, the good pie. ones are probably two hundred, but I. Okay.
3: I probably pay for forty bucks. Okay, it's fine. It's good.
4: Is yeah.
3: I was out in my yard. I'm sitting there while my little tablet watching a movie, all happy. You know, unencumbered by the little wire.
4: You, you felt like you were all, free, like a bit of freedom here like, because uh, you because you you were wireless. Six. <laughs> I felt like, oh, I'm
3: like on the cutting edge of technology. <laughs> the Bluetooth headphones make perfect sense. Only thing would want to make it better? Frozen Mallow Cup. If I had those two what together. What if you could combine them? Oh, my them. gosh. Stay tuned tomorrow for that update.
6: It both make sense. 101.5 WORD. Okay,
7: everybody in the car. Where
9: are we going, Daddy?
12: On
7: an adventure.
12: Yay!
9: Yeah!
0: Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show. It's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station, Adventures
13: in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, WORD.
6: Do you remember what was kept in a spring house? If you're an old timer, you know that a spring house was used for storing fresh cold milk. In 84, Pennsylvania, we have another kind of springhouse. Our spring house is an old-fashioned country store filled with all kinds of old-time gifts, great country foods, and you guessed it, fresh cold milk. You see, the Spring House in 84 is also a dairy farm where we milk our own cows, pasteurize and homogenize the milk, and sell it all through the store. We've had people tell us it has to be some special kind of gourmet milk. We don't add anything to the cow's diet or to the milk. It's just nature's purest, most perfect food, and we love the way our customers love it. We also make a chocolate milk you would think is a chocolate shake, an old-fashioned buttermilk that people drive miles to get, and a 40% heavy cream that's wonderful for luscious desserts. Our 2% and our skim are the greatest sellers. Come and try some Springhouse milk at the Springhouse in 84. The word around town is that Pittsburgh homeowners are choosing
4: doing it right when it comes to their roofing, siding, and remodeling projects.
3: That's because since 1984... Doing It Right roofing, siding, remodeling continues to set the bar through clear communication and an installation that's second to none.
4: Doing It Right employs only the most experienced professionals to install and oversee your project.
3: They'll stop at nothing to ensure your satisfaction. Doing business honestly, taking no money down and no payment until the job is complete.
4: Doing it right will ensure all work is installed to the industry's highest standards, then back it all up with their lifetime workmanship warranty.
3: As a prestigious multi-award winning Owens Corning Platinum Contractor, as well as a VSI certified installation contractor, you can't go wrong with doing it right.
4: Mention Johnny Kathy for a discount off your estimate.
3: Call 724-NEW-ROOF for a free project evaluation or visit RoofingContractorPittsburgh.com. You're not who you were 25 years ago. Your life's
7: more complex. People change, families change, and the law changes. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman, and a proper estate plan should keep up with those changes. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer, someone who's really good at making complex concepts sound so simple so you can protect what's yours and to ensure that your will is done. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law.
4: When you think about the friends you had as a kid, John, um... What their economic condition was like versus your family's economic <laughs> they were condition, the same. and did you think about that at the time? Oh yeah,
3: mm-hmm. um, I thought about it in, in a very particular way. But I mean, again, I grew up in Swissvale. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were all a bunch of mill kids. Right. Our dads worked in the mills. They worked in the switch and signal. They worked at cop glass. they were a bunch of blue collar guys. Everybody that I hung out with, their dads were the same. Uh, mm. uh, nobody's hanging out with sons of doctors or stockbrokers or anything like that. Though, you know, that was somewhere else in our in our in our livelihood. Um, what did I think about that?
4: Did Did you think about that then? Did you is that something that you recognized at the time? Or did you think about, well, they have a nicer house? Or that family has two we cars? The, or,
3: I was always proud of our... I thought, our house is the nicest house on the street. Hmm. And it was something about my mom and her great care. Like, I was always happy to bring people into my... Like, my, my buddies come into my house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- th- it didn't mean anything. I mean, uh, only just... And nobody even talked about it, quite honestly. We were all in the same boat. Everybody kind of felt the same way. Why do you ask that?
4: Well, because there's a... a, a Absolutely fascinating and worthwhile piece in today's New York Times called A Vast New Study Shows a Key to Reducing Poverty, More Friendships Between Rich and Poor. And in reading the article, which let me just say again how much I highly recommend, it made me think back to my growing up years. So the school district that I was in had a little bit more disparity in it. It's it has more disparity now even than when I was a kid because I live now in the same school district that I grew up okay, in. Okay, so then there were
3: professionals in your yes, class. Yes, there were professionals. your dad was a professional? Right.
4: So my dad was a professional and then there were people in our class who were also I would call the working poor.
3: Okay, yeah, sure.
4: Yeah. Um and definitely a yinzer vibe. Mhm. Um, Pittsburgh. Right. Uh but now since I raised my kids in that school district, there is an even greater disparity. Between And this is people in the same school district, so in the same area, but definitely have different economic realities. Hmm. So it it caused me to look more closely at this article rather than just looking at the headline, but check this out. Over the last four decades, the article says, the financial circumstances into which kids have been born have increasingly determined where they will end up as adults, right? Pretty much. But an expansive new study based on billions of social media connections, has uncovered a powerful exception to that pattern that helps explain why certain places offer a path Out of poverty.
3: Certain places offer a path. What does that mean? A path
4: out of poverty. For poor kids, living in an area where people have more friendships that cut across class lines significantly increases how much they will earn in adulthood.
3: Hmm. That's fascinating.
4: Isn't that right? The study, which was just published today in the journal Nature, analyzed the Facebook friendships of 72 million people, amounting to 84% of U.S. adults. H 25 to 44. Man, that's a big cross I mean, that's an incredible yeah. study. Now, previously, it was clear that some neighborhoods were better than others at removing barriers to climb the income ladder, but no one could quite figure out why that was. But this new analysis, which is the biggest of its kind by far, has found the degree to which rich and poor are connected together in a communal sense, explained why a neighborhood's children did better later in life. And that applied to those kids more than any other factor. It had a stronger impact than school quality, than family structure, than job availability, or racial composition. So if you hung with people who had a different economic situation than you, that was going to alter your future.
3: Which brings strength to the adage... It's not what you know.
4: It's who you know. So there's a woman by the name of Jimmeriel Bowie. She said that when she grew up, and I hope I'm pronouncing that appropriately, her family was lower middle class. Her parents had divorced. They'd lost jobs. They've had to move out of their homes. They, you know, All sorts of things that were traumatic had happened to them. But when she went to high school, she became friends with girls who lived, quote unquote, on the rich side of town. <laughs> and their lifestyles were intriguing to her. They lived in bigger houses, of course, but they also ate different food than she did. And their parents were things like pastors or doctors, or lawyers. Mm -hmm. And so those parents had a different plan for their kids. And one of those plans was applying for college. And her parents, who she said were wonderful, and her mom in particular, she said, really installed a work ethic in them. But nobody in her family or her extended family knew anything about the SAT. Mm -hmm. They knew nothing about going to college. And it seemed like a foreign land that she didn't have access to. Right. She wouldn't have access to and nobody who was a part of her personal life could help her.
3: Right. I mean, when I came to him for, you know, a senior in high school, I remember kids talking about going to college and nobody in my family had gone to college. And I thought, how does that even work? So I had to, I had to figure it out for myself. Is that right? Oh yeah. yeah. So you
4: were the first sibling in your family to uh-huh. go to college. Yeah. And your, did your parents go to college? No. Neither one of them. Okay. No.
3: And then when my, I remember my sister, my older sister, when I graduated, she said to me, well, nobody told me how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> just figure it out. You had to figure it out on your own. I mean, just how it was. Right.
4: So this woman, Gemma Riel Bowie, said that. She believes that the reason that she was the first person in her family to get, a, to get a degree or a postgraduate degree, she's now a criminal defense lawyer, was that her experience meeting people who were more affluent mm-hmm. helped her to kind of understand how it worked.
3: Yes, right. You see the pattern and you're not embedded in it. So from the outside looking in, you can kind of make sense of it.
4: Right. But and I'm, you're not intimidated by it like you would be if you were looking from the outside no, in. it's
3: funny you bring this up because I remember I, was, I had a buddy and um, – I remember being with his family, and they were driving an Audi. Mm. And you know, I grew up. You know, my dad was driving you know secondhand, thirdhand Chevys, and we got in the backseat of this Audi. It was like being in a spaceship. I could not believe I was sitting in an Audi. And I, how does this? How do the Donaldsons family? Yeah, how does do? that work? Yeah, that was kind of like the only like kind of wake up call. Like junior high school, I was like, oh, there's a difference here in my friend. Right.
4: Okay. I have told this before we live next to the D'Amico's, and the D'Amico's had a pool an in-ground pool an in-ground pool oh and I remember being a kid maybe in second grade and thinking well, how does somebody do that
3: yeah yeah that's a whole cut above
4: how do you get a pool yeah like what's what's that about yeah. um we Chris have a bucket. christy I, I want to throw it to you when you were a kid were were your friends of kind of what you would what I'm saying is like a different economic bracket
5: um I don't think so I feel like we were all pretty much pretty much, the, pretty much same. the same.
4: Okay, and did you ever look at your friends like I'm talking about with the Demico's pool and think, well, how'd they pull that off? Um, maybe my one friend, but that's it. But her
5: dad was a lawyer.
4: Okay, and so what did she have, or what did they do that was different? I
5: just I don't know. Just they were just so cool. They always had like food that we didn't get to have. Okay, food that we right.
3: Okay, so I dated a girl in high school. Like when we had, st- <laughs> we had steak in our family. I mean, it was like you know. First of all, it was was the size of a nickel, Mm -hmm. and it was like you know, it was rough. Or you know, oh Salisbury steak. Well, don't. I mean, that's that's not. I think we all know that's not steak. I went and I dated this girl, and I remember going to her house. Lovely, lovely family. The father had steaks like a T-bone steak on the grill. I thought, I want to date the father. (laughs) I ate that, listen, it got even better. I ate that steak. You know what he said to me? Huh? You want a second one? I could, you kidding me? I would have done anything to stay in that family. So for the entirety of that relationship, I ate very well.
4: I couldn't believe okay, it. Okay, so food, it's interesting that you I brought up food, it. and Christy brought up food, Yeah. and this woman in this article brought up food. So people, the way they eat is different, we were eating and so it kind of opens up your mind to something else.
3: A tremendous difference. I mean, I was eating, you know, generic black and white Velveeta cheese box, that kind of stuff.
4: Christy, were they eating food like steak or did they have like better snacks? They no. shrimp. Oh, man, I don't know about the shrimp. They just had better snacks. I was a kid. Better right, snacks. yeah. You know, I was going over there eating like Oreos and stuff, and we never really had any of that kind of stuff. I was <laughs> right, like, this right, is right. high living. We, right. We
3: were in Nilla wafers, yeah. <laughs> we had Oreos, real Oreos. Yeah.
4: Going back to the article in today's New York Times, other kinds of social capital matter too, like rates of volunteering in a community and friendships with people from similar backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Yet, this new study shows that even in places lacking in other kinds of social capital, an increase in cross-class relationships is enough to benefit kids' economic prospects. Mm-hmm. And it's this kind of social capital that has decreased as the comp- as the country has become more segregated by class. In recent decades, people have been become more likely to live in neighborhoods and attend schools with people of similar economic status behavior that social scientists say is driven by anxiety about falling down the income ladder in an age of
3: growing inequality. Okay, so what's that, you know, that reality TV show? <laughs> uh, oh,
4: he's going to know it, Christy, I no, 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 watched it.
3: No, no, you know, the one where they, they wife swap, right? Uh, have you seen that? No, I have I've seen that for like 15 minutes and it's like, it's very different. I mean, it's, no I mean, no, kidding. no, no. Like, so the, the families are totally different. And you kind of go, oh, and the wife goes, we didn't do this at our house. And the husband's like, well, we're doing this at our house. And it was kind of like an eye opener. You go, what the heck is going on? It's the same sort of thing, right? I mean, I,
4: if you are exposed to something that's outside your frame of reference if they
3: I, at school, if they would have had like, you know, hang out with the wealthy family for the day, I'm signing up for that. Right. I just want to, even-
4: yeah. And you don't realize this when you're a kid. Like Christy said, it's not like I was a kid. I didn't, they just had better snacks. Yeah. It's not like I'm saying that we should have been thinking deep thoughts when we were eight, but looking back on it, according to this study, our, our, the, the kids that we hung out with and the families that we got to know ended up having a big impact on who we turned out to be. And so if we could, as parents now, as people that are going to be parents, um, could think about that and say you know what we have an opportunity to impact a lot of people through our love for kids and their friends or i hope that my kid is loved and cared for by another family so that we can all just share in this share in this and learn about how to get out of our little ghetto whatever that is yeah that's an excellent point that's
3: very interesting yeah why not give it a try right
4: yeah Anyway, much more in today's New York Times, so check it out. The title of the article is, except I can't get to the front page, Vast New Study Shows a Key to Reducing Poverty, More Friendships Between Rich and Poor.
12: Very interesting. Hi, I'm Todd Nettleton, and this is the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. In February, a Laotian Christian named Nin died, leaving behind his three children. These teenagers had already suffered the loss of their mother, grandmother, and sister in 2009, all of whom were believers. Nin's older brother blamed the family's belief in God for the deaths and offered to care for the orphans only if they rejected Christ. All three teens refused, saying they could never reject Jesus. Angered by their decision, the uncle has refused to care for them. Pray these teens remain firm in their faith and ask God to provide for their needs. Pray also the Holy Spirit will lead their uncle to Christ. I will not let my brothers and sisters suffer in silence,
14: nor will I let them suffer alone. To join me in prayer for persecuted Christians, go to VUMradio.net. If you're
11: considering protecting your retirement with gold or silver, listen up. Mark Davis here. One company I trust for this, Advantage Gold, the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. They are so passionate about teaching people how to own physical gold and silver, they've won the Best of Trust Link award four years in a row because they really educate their clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. Call 800 900 800 900 Talk to one of their experts. They Can send you a free gold kit along with a free copy of the Wall Street Journal national bestseller, The Great Devaluation. Number again, 800-900-8000. Don't wait any longer. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value, all from Advantage Gold. 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Call Advantage Gold today. 800-900-8000.
1: Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before invest
11: Every search you make,
3: every click you take, they'll be watching you.
5: Tired of companies like Google and Facebook watching everything you do online? There's actually a simple solution, DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing,
6: email protection, and more, all for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo, privacy simplified. This is an important
5: message from the Mine Safety and Health Administration. Mining fatalities, accidents, and injuries are preventable. Taking a minute to approach your task safely can protect you and your fellow miners from injury and death. Staying alert and focused can keep you safe. Do it safe. Do it right. Whether buckling a seatbelt or securing equipment, these quick safety measures can prevent injuries and fatalities. Take time. Save lives. For more resources, visit MSHA.gov. Do you
12: need new blinds or shades? Blindster.com offers custom-made blind shades and shutters shipped directly to you at prices less than big box retailers. Blindster blinds are easy to install and guaranteed to fit. Don't overpay for new blinds. Shop Blindster today and save big. Blindster.com.
3: funny how things come and go mtv premiered on this date in 1981 now I, I really wasn't aware of it because we didn't have cable television i you know i was out of college at that point in 1981 it made very little impact on me mm-hmm. but the the music video the explosion of that industry made an impact on me what about you do you remember i remember music friday
4: night videos
3: on NBC, I yeah, think.
4: Yeah, I think so. It was on at 1130. Right. Um, I don't remember what channel. You didn't have cable. We Everybody didn't got, have you know, cable. ABC, right. CBS, NBC. Never had cable at home. Um, and I, I, I never saw MTV until I was in college when I lived in an apartment and my, my roommate bought cable because she had a job. <laughs>
3: <laughs> she needed cable. That's right. Uh,
4: and so that's the first time I had seen MTV. Mm-hmm. But MTV was never a great part of my reality. And right. I, I, I'm probably the better for it. Well, you know, I mean, Matt. Okay, first video, first music videos you remember seeing.
3: I remember um, Bruce Springsteen dancing in the dark. Oh. Where he pulls the girl up out oh. of the audience. Courtney and, Cox
4: from oh, Friends. Really?
3: Okay. Yeah. That's what I remember. Okay. I also remember um, The Who, You Better You Bet.
4: Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I remember Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. Oh, of course. Yeah, of and course. Hungry Like the Wolf. By Duran Duran. Those are the first two I thought.
3: <laughs> MTV. It was a big deal. Now it, MTV's... What, it's all
4: reality shows,
3: right? I don't know what it is. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. A production of
1: Salem Media Group. This is Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com for Town Hall. The White House has begun playing word games about the meaning of recession ahead of this week's report on the economy in the second quarter